Hey there, I'm James Noel, and this is the Mad Tales Podcast. It is December 26, 2018, and I am recording this from my house in this little tiny square space that I think is supposed to be a kitchen. Not a kitchen, a uh, dining room. And uh, this is where my studio is. This is where I record all of my audiobooks and do all of my music. Anyways, uh, this is the Mad Tales podcast. Uh, I started this podcast to release all of the audiobooks that I'm making and all the music and all of the associated production that goes along with it. So starting January 1st, I will be releasing a chapter from all of the novels that I create, uh, which are, by the way, horror, sci-fi, and post-apocalyptic stuff. For the next five months, I'm going to post chapters from The Hive, which is my alien invasion post-apocalyptic serial set in Spotsylvania County, Virginia, uh, that I just completed. It took me the entire year to write uh, four different seasons of that, and season four just wrapped up. Uh, well, the writing of it did. And then after that, I'm going to dive deeper into my catalog. We're going to start with the first trilogy I ever wrote, the Topher Trilogy, that consists of three novels, obviously. Uh, that follow Topher Bill and his friends throughout their lives, starting with Raleigh's Prep, going into Tracker's Travail, which, by the way, is set in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and then moving on to Topher's Tongue, which is the final novel in the series. And then finally, I'm going to end up the year with The Rabbit, the Jaguar, and the Snake, the first book in a planned trilogy uh, that I wrote in 2017. Uh, that one is a post-apocalyptic time travel, alternate reality, monster mashup, Crazy, weird, awesome, imaginative science fiction. If you like what you hear, you can support me on Patreon. Uh, I always want to say Patreon because I listen to Joanna Penn way too much. You can support me on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash madtales. Uh, and if you're listening to the podcast and you can't wait until the next week to finish the story or you like what you hear and you just want to read the whole thing, you can buy all of my ebooks and my paperbacks on Amazon.com. You can also buy it directly from me on my website, www.jamesnoll.net. That's J-A-M-E-S-N-O-L-L.net. The prices on my site are a lot cheaper than Amazon because I get to make the full profit instead of having to give Amazon a cut. And I also offer, in addition to ebooks, I offer signed copies and a customized short story service if you're interested in that. So that's pretty much it. Thank you again for tuning into my podcast. And without further ado, here is this week's story. Best dog I ever had. When most people think of an alien invasion, they think of the dumb movies Hollywood pumps out every summer. Robots and spacesuits, lasers and spaceships. But what they don't think of is the thing that dropped onto our neighbor Mr. Gomez's farm and smashed his barn to smithereens. 
along with his horses, his pigs, his goats, and probably about a zillion rats. We didn't see it, Daddy and me, but we felt it. It was 7 o'clock on a Wednesday morning, and I was laid up with a broken leg on the couch, dozing in and out while I watched sitcom reruns on the TV. Hogan's Heroes, Gilligan's Island, Love Boat. The broken leg came courtesy of Ruth Grace Hogg, starting fullback for the Caroline Cavaliers varsity girls field hockey team. I played forward for the Spotsylvania Knights, and for good reason, too. I lived in Spotsy for one, and I was fleet and fast and good with my stick. Unfortunately, I didn't weigh much more than 100 pounds. Ruth Grace Hogg tipped the scales at about a buck ninety. I had legs like a colt. She had arms like a gorilla. When she saw little old me cutting up her team, she knew what she was about. She ran up to me, cocked them big hairy arms of hers, and whacked my leg like it was a piñata. Two hours later, I was laid up at home on the couch. Two pins in my femur and 40 MGs of Vicodin in my head. Ain't you gonna do something about it, Daddy? Daddy was in the kitchen, sipping a cup of coffee. Like what? I don't know. Complain to the school board? Call the president? I'll get on my personal line to him directly. It's rude to tease an invalid. Can't you talk to her parents? Daddy looked like someone had just asked him to solve a calculus problem with a fish. Well, why'd I want to do something like that? Because I'm your daughter? And she broke my leg? On purpose? Daddy chuckled and shook his head. Manda, you know I love you, right? I'm starting to question the depths of that, love. Well, I do. But let me ask you something. You do know how much Ruth Grace Hogg weighs, right? Well, who don't? The whole county shakes when she gets out of bed in the morning. And you know how much you weigh, right? I waited a long time before I answered. Yeah. I couldn't be more proud of you. You had you a job, and you didn't let nothing back you down. But you did try to run down someone nearly twice your size, and you lost. So let that be a lesson to you. I thought you said you was proud of me. Well, I am. So why are you telling me to back off next time? I didn't say that. I ever tell you Daddy could be infuriating? I sighed, took a deep breath, and said, You mind telling me what you are telling me then? Next time, he said, run faster. So anyway, the invasion. It was late summer, and school hadn't even started yet. The August heat and humidity weighed down on everything like a wet blanket. Our house was built in 1921, as Daddy was fond of telling just about everybody who cared to listen. To him, that was an accomplishment. To me, it meant that everything was broken or breaking down. The pipes froze every winter, the windows were like sieves, and in the summer, we didn't even have air conditioning. Oh, Daddy did his best. He planted a couple of recycled wheezing window units in the windows, kept them alive with a healthy application of duct tape and Freon, but all they ever did was make a racket while blowing not really cold air a few feet into the house. Daddy'd just come in from loading Sparkles up into his truck, Sparkles being an old dog of his he'd gotten stuffed. It was a sad day for the old girl. The years had been unkind, and she'd started to smell. Daddy brought her to his regular taxidermist to fix the issue, but she gave him some sorry news. Old Sparkles was rotten. Well, no shit she's rotten, Daddy said. She's been dead 15 years. Apparently, pointing out the obvious didn't improve Sparkles' condition. It was finally time to lay her to rest, and Daddy was going to do it Spotsy style. He got himself a hold of a remote-controlled detonator and some explosives, cherry bombs and fertilizer and the like, and stuffed her full to the brim. The plan was simple. He and his friends were going to drive Sparkles out into the country, set her up in a field, get drunk, and blow her up. Daddy showed me the detonator as if seeing it would make me want to go. You sure you don't want to come? No, thanks. All right, then. He put it in his back pocket and went over to fill his thermos up with coffee. And that's when I felt this horrible pressure build in the air. It pushed down on me, 
like the atmosphere itself had gone feral and decided to attack. I held my hands up to my ears, but the pressure kept building and building. I opened my mouth to scream, but couldn't hear anything at all. Then it released, and I could hear again. A sonic boom thundered in the distance, and the house shook and rattled and nearly jumped off the foundation. Well, I thought it was an earthquake, or maybe Ruth Grace Hogg having a fit, and I almost fell off the couch. Plates and cups clattered in the cabinets, and Daddy's ham radio fell off the table and cracked on the floor. Then it fell quiet and still. I pulled myself into sitting position. What the hell was that? Daddy was kind of squatting down, hands out, looking like he was waiting for another blast. His overalls were covered in coffee. I don't know. And don't say hell. You say it all the time. The phone rang and I gasped. I could tell he wanted to chew me out, but something big had just happened. And when the phone rang after something big had just happened, you answer it. Ah, oh, hell, he said, and snatched it off its cradle. Yeah? Yeah, Gomez, I felt it. He covered the mouthpiece and mouthed, It's Gomez, to me, like I couldn't hear. Gomer Gomez, our next-door neighbor. Out here, a next-door neighbor could live ten miles away. I turned my attention back to the TV. and We didn't have a remote, not that I minded. We was lucky to even get a signal at all. I struggled off the couch and hopped over to change the channels. I was looking to see if any of the local news stations were making a special broadcast. Channel 4? Nothing. Channel 7? Nothing. Channel 9? Nothing. Daddy kept jawing away in the kitchen. Calm down, Gomez. I can't understand a word you're... Uh-huh. Your whole barn. Uh-huh. You get a look at... No, I wouldn't go out there. Well, it'd be best if you didn't. I can't. I got Manda here, and she's got a... Gomez screamed something, and Daddy pulled the phone away from his ear with a grimace. Gomez, you there? Damn. And he hung up the phone. Well, what's wrong with Mr. Gomez? He says a spaceship landed on his barn. Daddy went over to his gun safe and started dialing in the combination. Spaceship? Uh-huh. Out here? Uh-huh. Damn. Damn it, Manda. He say what it looks like? Uh-huh. You mind telling me? Said it looks like a big wasp nest. The gun safe unlocked with a click, and he pulled it open and started grabbing boxes of ammo. Then he took out his favorite Remington .30-06 and slung it over his shoulder and put a couple of three fifty sevens in a bag. You gonna kill it, Daddy? I'm gonna try. Can I come? You're gonna stay right here, young lady. Why? Because you're all busted up. And if there really is a spaceship out there that looks like a wasp nest, there ain't much you'll be able to do. Well, I can shoot one of them three fifty sevens. I know. Aren't you the one who always said it's better to have a man on your six? Yeah, I did say that. Daddy was already putting on his jacket and hat. He was halfway out the door. You really think Mr. Gomez is going to have yours? That made him stop. Daddy wasn't that much of a thinker. And I don't mean he was dumb because he wasn't. I mean that when a decision needed to be made, he liked to make it fast. Just like that, he said, if you can get out to the car before I leave, you can come with me. Mr. Gomez's farm was down Brock Road just a stretch, a little bit past Todd's Tavern. Take a few turns back towards Locust Grove, a few back roads, and there it was. Fifty acres smack dab in the middle of Spotsylvania County, Virginia. 
the northernmost southern county in the whole damn state. Daddy turned up the long gravel drive that led to the house, sending rocks clattering in the wheel wells and dust clouding in our wake. I bounced around in the front seat like a baby in a bucket, hoping the rifle on the rack didn't accidentally go off, or them three fifty sevens in the bag for that matter. Slow down, Daddy! You want to break my other leg? He didn't reply. He had a way about him when he got set on something. He called it enthusiastic designation. I called it acting like a jerk. I knew better than to bring it up. He just got cranky if I did. He ganked the wheel and skidded to the right, steering around the side of Gomez's worn-out old farmhouse. Gomez was the type who liked to keep all sorts of things in his yard. Old tires, rusted-out tractors, landscape drags, and farming tillers. Daddy slalomed through it all like he was an expert, tearing up the grass, finally slowing down when he made it to the pond a few hundred yards behind the house. Mr. Gomez's barn was just off to the side, or it used to be. Now it was scattered all over the field like it had been blown to bits from the inside out. In its place was something that I don't even know how to begin to describe it, but I'll say this. Either Mr. Gomez had never seen a wasp nest in his life, or he was the stupidest man on God's green earth. The thing that landed on his barn was round and greenish brown with spikes sticking out all over the surface. Looked more like a sweet gumball than a wasp nest. Steam or smoke or something poured off the top, and there was a crack at the bottom, an opening or a door or something with a warm orange light pulsing from deep inside and green stuff oozing out. And boy, did it stink. Hit us full on, even with the windows rolled up. I couldn't think of anything worse I'd ever smelled. Daddy, in his usual way, summed it up nicely. Smells like roasted goat shit. Mr. Gomez's neighbors were already standing in the field between the barn and the house. Mr. Sokolov and his boy, Vlad, and old Miss Freeman, who looked as spry as ever in her work jeans and red flannel. And Mr. Gomez's sons, Gomez and Gomer Jr., were in the middle trying to restrain their mother, who kept pulling away from them. Daddy pulled up to Mr. Sokolov's truck and put it in park. You stay here and watch Sparkles. Seriously? He got out without another word, leaving his door open and the keys in the ignition. I ain't one for whining, and I'm sure he was just trying to protect me, but the day I'm compared to a stuffed dog and come out equal will be the day I can fly and shoot bullets out my nose. I wrenched the passenger side door open, hopped out, and grabbed my crutches. It was hard going, but Daddy didn't raise no bleeder, and I caught him up just as he tipped his hat to Mr. Sokolov. Hey, Skip. Mr. Sokolov's name was Victor. What's going on? That thing land on Gomez's barn? Gomez, he's sucked inside. Sucked inside? Sucked inside. Mrs. Gomez, or should I say the widow Ms. Gomez, came galloping over. Bill! Bill, please, you've got to do something! That thing has my Gomez! She collapsed into Daddy's arms, sobbing and carrying on, and I never saw Daddy so uncomfortable. He was not a man to show his emotions. I think they embarrassed him. And if he wasn't already embarrassed enough by his own emotions, he was damn well mortified by other people's. He patted Mrs. Gomez on the back a few times and peeled her off and held her at arm's length. Okay, Miss Gomez, I need you to calm down and tell me what happened. She nodded and tried to get herself together. And after a few deep breaths, she was finally able to talk. Gomez went about bonkers when that thing fell on our barn. After he made a couple of phone calls, he jumped in his truck and went speeding on down there, tearing up the lawn and, and my peonies. Her eyes wandered back to the house. I told him not to go, that this was an issue for the president, but he wouldn't listen. You know how crazy he gets about the government. Yes, ma'am, I do. He wouldn't let me go with him, neither, me or the boys. So we watched from the kitchen window. He drove his truck right up to that thing, got out with his hunting rifle, and started shooting. Daddy looked at it. Don't look like he did much damage. Not a towel. And then as God is my witness, when he started to reload, that crack opened up and a tentacle slithered out, wrapped him up, and dragged him in. 
I don't remember what happened after that. I was too busy screaming. Daddy looked around at everyone, seeing if he could muster them up to do something, but they towed the ground and refused to meet his gaze. Mrs. Gomez worried the front of her dress, her face reddening when she realized that nobody was going to do anything. Well, if y'all ain't man enough to do anything, I am. And she marched off across the field, her sons right behind her, calling out, Mama, Mama, wait. I'll tell you what, Mrs. Gomez had worked herself up into a state. She was screaming and yelling, what exactly she was saying I couldn't tell, tearing at her hair, jamming her finger into the air. None of us moved a muscle. She was going to do what she was going to do, whether it was good for her or not. Daddy said, y'all think I should call the president? Mrs. Freeman spat on the ground. I ain't too sure what Slick Willie will be able to do about this. The Gomez's did their best to stop there, Mama. Gomer jumped on her back and Gomez Jr. latched onto her legs and they all got to screaming and yelling and clapper-clawing. It might have gone on like that forever, but I guess that spiky ball had had enough because three tentacles shot out of it, wrapped around each of the surviving members of the family Gomez, and started reeling them in. That finally seemed to be enough for Daddy. Oh, hell, he said, and marched right back to the truck. He grabbed the .30-06 off the rack and the three fifty sevens out of his bag and started loading them up. Y'all bring yours? He needn't have asked. Mrs. Freeman already had her shotgun out, and Mr. Sokolov had a thirty thirty, and Vlad had gotten himself a machete for some reason. Then Daddy, Mr. Sokolov, and Miss Freeman positioned themselves in a line facing the hive and started shooting. Bam, 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 bam! Round after round. Bullets thunked into the thing's meat, but other than a little more smoke and what looked like green syrup pouring out of its side, they did about as much harm as a squirrel chewing on an elephant. And when they were done, the air smelled like goat shit and gunpowder, but it didn't do a thing to stop the tentacles. And all we could do was watch as Mrs. Gomez and her boys were sucked inside with a syrupy slurp. Daddy waited a tick before he made his final assessment of their work. Well, crap. And that's when the tentacles shot out again, four this time. The first one grabbed Mr. Sokolov and heaved him off his feet. Another one grabbed Mrs. Freeman. The third whipped out and snatched Daddy around the waist. The last one tried to get Vlad, but he sliced it off at the tip with his machete. The tentacle went wild, spraying purple gunk all over him that burned and sizzled. Vlad fell to the ground screaming, and Daddy fixed his eyes on mine. Manda, he said. Sparkles. Oh, yeah. Sparkles the stuffed dog, stuffed with explosives. I don't know if any of you ever try to run on crutches, but it ain't like pulling a string out of a cat's ass. Hurts your armpits, too. So I dropped one crutch and hopped back to the truck, jumped in, and turned the key. The old thing cranked to life, and I slammed it into gear and stepped on the gas, aiming straight for the hive. That old hive must have known something was up, because it shot three more tentacles at me as I sped toward it. One crashed through the windshield. Another hit the grill. The third missed entirely, but swung back around and grabbed the truck by the rear bumper. It yanked sideways, and I realized I didn't even need to drive no more. The only thing I had to concentrate on was getting out before it pulled me into them slimy green and yellow guts. I forced the driver's side door open, but one of the tentacles slammed it closed again. Another swung at me through the busted windshield, and I threw myself onto the bench seat. It smashed the driver's side window and wrapped around the frame, breaking off hunks of metal. Purple ooze splattered onto the dashboard and started to eat through it, and I scrambled across the seat for the passenger side door and managed to get it open. And right when I was going to dive out, praying I didn't break my neck when I landed, my broken leg exploded with pain. It was another one of them tentacles. Damn thing had wrapped itself around my cats and got to squeezing? If breaking my leg was the most excruciating thing I'd ever felt, squeezing it when it was already broke ran a close second. The vision in the corners of my eyes went black and I felt like I was going to vomit. The thing yanked again and I felt something give in my knee. I was in so much agony that I couldn't even think straight. Another squeeze, another yank. 
I slapped around for something, anything I could use as a weapon, and happened upon a nice, long hunk of the metal frame. My body was halfway out the door, and I could see the opening of the hive pulsing and squelching as we drew near. With a scream, I sat up and stabbed that tentacle with that hunk of metal. It pulled back, ripping off my cast and sent me tumbling ass over elbows out of the truck. I flipped once, landed strange, and then I was lying on my back in Gomez's field. Next thing I heard was an explosion, and a ball of fire filled the air. One week later, both me and Daddy were sitting on the couch eating ice cream and watching MASH reruns. His arm was wrapped tight to his chest, and he was wearing a neck brace. He didn't like it very much, and I didn't blame him. August in Virginia was hot enough in shorts and a t-shirt without adding a neck brace to the mix. I kept catching him in the middle of taking it off, saying it cramped his style. Daddy, you try to take that thing off again, I'm going to sprain your other neck. I don't know what that means, Manda, but message received. My new cast was even bigger and thicker than the one before, and the itching drove me nuts. And since I wasn't allowed to take a shower, and since Daddy told me that under no circumstances was he going to give me a sponge bath, I was starting to get a little ripe. He would, though, spring for ice cream. I personally like me some praline myself, he said, scooping a spoonful into his mouth. Yuck. I took a bite of mine, trusty, dusty Neapolitan, and watched the TV. Hawkeye and Trapper John was in the middle of fixing a prank on that old stick-in-the-mud Frank Burns again. Well, one thing's for certain, I said. I'm glad that old stuffed dog is finally out of the house. Daddy gave me a playful slap. Don't you talk about sparkles like that. Sparkles saved the world. Best dog I ever had. Hey, hey, thank you for tuning into the Mad Tales podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's chapter. If you cannot wait until next week to finish the story, you can always buy it in ebook and paperback form from Amazon.com, or you can buy it directly from me, both in ebook and in paperback, a signed paperback nonetheless, uh, from my website, www.jamesnoll.net. That's www.jamesnoll.net. And if you would love to support me on Patreon, I would love you to support me on Patreon. I'm offering all kinds of cool extras, including access to bonus material, uh, the ebooks released one week at a time, the chapter at a time, uh, customized short stories. And if I can build enough of a following, I want to film a live action version of Make the Hive Great Again, one of my favorite chapters from the Hive. It's uh, at the end of the first season. It's the very last chapter of the of the first season. That would be an awesome thing to do. So, if you want to visit my Patreon page, it's www.patreon.com slash madtails. That would be fantastic, and I will see you guys next week.